You can clear up the mess now. But don't touch my coffin. Django! Django, have you always been alone? Django! Django, have you never loved again? Love will live on, oh, life must go on, oh, for you cannot spend your life everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski. I make sure to carry all of my firearms in a coffin. That's the only way, man. Yeah, I mean, don't, doesn't, don't all of you? Ain't gonna fit a machine gun in a hip holster. No, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, and this week we are talking about Django, the original. 1966, directed by Sergio Corbucci. A century ago on the low hills along the border between the southern states and turbulent Mexico, a mystery man appeared. A man with a sad, impenetrable face. Django! Django, have you never loved again? was that man? What was his secret? It's not important. And if I bothered you, will you accept my apology? He was pitiless in revenge, quick to decide and a master of every weapon, a man everybody would like to have seen dead. Yeah, his name is Django. Django, the title of a film you'll never forget. Django. How many men you got left? Your tongue tied? Or don't want to tell me? <laughs> Too bad, Maria. Django, an audacious man of action, capable of a tender, hopeless love which could only last a day, but a day which was worth all eternity. I'm glad I made you feel like a real woman. Very glad. I mean Django. A new, ruthless, violent film. Featuring a great new star, Franco Nero, and a great supporting cast. An assistant director, um, we, we, we've done a movie of his. Which one? Oh, it's, uh, let's see. What's the guy's name? Joe D'Amato? No, no, no. There's a little film called Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, he was an assistant director on Cannibal Holocaust, our first episode? 
No, the our, our the the assistant director for this movie did Cannibal Holocaust. So. Oh, Diodato was an assistant director on this. He was. Oh wow! Interesting. Very interesting. This movie's very Italian. <laughs> oh, it's extremely Italian. I actually am sad that it was the English dub because I think I would have enjoyed it more in Italian with the with the English subs. Because yeah. I'll be honest, the dubbing was not great. Well, Tubi ain't Netflix where you have multiple language tracks that you can pick from. I mean, yeah, it's free. I can't complain too much. But I was just like, I could have used a little bit more, a little bit less stilted ADR here. And our title character, Django, (laughs) is played by Franco Nero. I am absolutely certain we will see this man again in many other movies. Pretty sure we have seen him in a movie at some point recently. Well, same year that he did Django, he did Massacre Time, which is a spaghetti western by Lucio Fulci, which is actually really fucking amazing, and we should do. I mean, well, Fulci is very talented. It's interesting that Fulci's famous for some specific uh, horror stuff, but he's done a lot of other things. Yeah. And the same year, 1966, he played Abel in John Huston's adaptation of the Bible. John Huston yeah. of Maltese Falcon. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen that uh, adaptation. Well, it's, it's what you would expect. I mean, it's nothing special. It's just a 1960 Bible flick. Yeah, but the director is, is pe- has pedigree. Yeah. Um, and Franco Nero, the very next year, he played Lancelot in Camelot. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of, he t- he's a lot of stuff. Actually, he's still alive. He is. He played General Ramon Espinosa in Die Hard 2. Uh, Apparently he's got a movie coming out this year called The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, where he plays the Pope. the Pope alongside Russell Crowe. So, I mean, he's still kicking it. Yeah. He was at a, a cameo in Django Unchained. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's in John Wick 2. Yep, still doing the thing. He's in Cars 2, even. Yeah, he, yeah, he he's uh, Uncle Topolino in Cars 2. And yeah, apparently he did the uh, Italian dub for that character as well. Ah, what you would expect. You would hope, right? You get an Italian actor to do your character, you might as well have them do the Italian dub as well. Yep. So Django starts with uh, the theme song. Django. Yeah, the theme song is, it's awesome. It's good. I mean, it's a spaghetti western theme song, but that's a little on the nose. Not that much, because this song is like, oh, hey, you know, after the storm, the sun comes out. But, but but not in this movie. Uh, I, yeah, I guess it's a it's got some more sub subtext than like when we would watch like coffee or something where it yeah. literally just tells the story. This movie or uh, is... last house on the left where it's like <laughs> we're gonna go murder and rape. <laughs> yeah. No, this movie is cynical and bitter, and nobody sees the sun after a rainstorm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it 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 definitely. I mean, it ends. On a somewhat positive note, but uh, there was kind a, of I don't know. There was it, 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 uh, kind of in a Shakespearean sort of way, definitely a a pyrrhic victory. Yeah, definitely a pyrrhic victory. But uh, yeah, this movie is cynical and mean. It's a mean movie. Uh, that song gets used again in Django Unchained, obviously. <laughs> It's, Tarant- it's Tarantino. He he loves to crib as much as he can. And he does that. I love Tarantino. He adds his own spin to things, but he also plays it very close when he's uh, 
And he's he's worshipping his inspirations. <laughs> this is nothing like Django Unchained. No. Well, maybe it has the same kind of meanness. Because like I said, this is a mean movie. Well, we, we have racists. Yeah, we do. A whole fucking clan of them. Yeah, apparently they're... I've never even heard of this, but they're Confederate red shirts. Like, that was a thing? Yeah, in the in Mississippi and North Carol or South Carolina, North Carolina. Oh, I thought they just dressed dressed them up in red because it's like, well, if they're white, they're gonna know it's the clan. Well, apparently <laughs> they eventually mer- merged into the clan, but this was a, a paramilitary organization during early parts of the Reconstruction, which there were tried, several were, of those, and they were they were apparently more organized than other paramilitary terrorist groups of the era. Billy the Kid ran with reconstruction gangs. So, um, apparently, to this day, there are uh, members of the Red Shirts who, have, who you know, do racist shit. And um, so we get Django, like, he, he wanders across the, the wasteland with his coffin. Yep, just dragging his coffin behind him. And then he comes up to some gangsters that have taken a woman and tied her up in the desert here. And my thought is, God damn it! Here we go again. No, they don't rape her. No, <laughs> they they tie her up. They whip her like Kunta. Yeah, and Django just hangs out and watches. A posse of the clan comes in. They all got their red scarves and red hoods. Django has some PTSD. He's a former Union soldier, as you can see from his pants. Yeah. Well, he also says pretty soon on. Yeah. These these racists, they, they shoot all the Mexicans dead, and they're like, oh, did you have fun with the Mexicans? Well, now we're going to burn you alive, girl. <laughs> yeah, they shoot the Mexicans just to just to try to string her up, crucify her, and burn her to death. And Django's like, hey, 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 don't do this. And they're like, you're a Yankee. He's like, yeah, I fought for the North. And they're like, we don't, we, we don't much like you Yankee folk. By the way, I have no idea where this is supposed to take place. I'm assuming southern Texas. That's why I'm assuming. Well, there's a town called um, Pecos. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's on the Mexico-U.S. border in the south. Like, the most obvious place would be in Texas. Yeah. And uh, Django just goes, a woman shouldn't be treated that way, and kills all the Mexicans. Or kills the, the, the racists. The racists, rather. The Mexicans are already dead. Yeah. Well, we do get that this is kind of um fistful of dollars. Yeah, it's supposed to be a, basically another adaptation of Yojimbo. The difference is in Yojimbo and Fistful of Dollars, he's just trolling in those movies. Like, he just wants money. He's yeah. like, fuck them all. Django's got a, a personal stake in the matter. Yeah, he, uh, the leader of these guys um, is responsible for the death of uh, of his lover. Yep. But he saves this girl, and her name is Maria. He shoots a dude into but, the quicksand off this bridge, which is kind of important. So what you're saying is he just met a girl named Maria? Yes. <laughs> Maria, I've just met a girl named Maria. For my, uh, for my musical theater f- friends and family out there. But no, he shoots one dude down off this bridge, and he falls into the quicksand under the bridge. Which we'll see plenty more of this. Yes. And Django's like, I'm not going across that bridge today. I've got other stuff, and you're coming with me, girl. Foreshadows his own <laughs> his own future. Yep. Hello. 
It is me, Contributor. I have a question for you all today. A real, actual question. What is a Django? Am I even pronouncing that right? How does one pronounce Django? Is the D silent and it's just like Django? Or do you pronounce the D so it's like the 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 Django? What even is a Django? The people who are exploiting it asked me to give my thoughts about Django, and I don't even know what it is. Is it a movie? Is it a person? Pokemon, perhaps? I think the Django might be a Pokemon because it's a nonsense name, and many of the Pokemon had nonsense names, like Charizard. What the heck was that about? I think the Django must be a type of Charizard, but that confuses me more because I thought the people who were exploiting it did a podcast about movies. Not about Pokemon, and I don't ever remember the Pokemon Django in any of the movies, unless it was in that first Pokemon movie with Mewtwo, because I didn't see that one. Mewtwo frightened me too much, so I've stayed away from that movie for the entire time that it has existed. So, if Django is a Pokemon, then it must be in that scary Mewtwo movie. If you know the answer, find me at contributor.block, spelled normally K-O-N-T-R-I-B-U-T. O-R dot blog. Go there and tell me what at Django is. They go into a town, and this is like the Long John Silver's lobby of a town. Yeah, this is like the deadest fucking western town in the history of dead western towns. It's, it's, It's a ghost town with a a dude and some prostitutes. Yeah, it's just mud and destroyed buildings, and you think it's abandoned until you see the, the bar. The only operating thing left in the city. And you get this weird-ass fucking scene where, um, because you have all the, the showgirls just laying around, and one girl's playing piano, then the bartender, whose name is Nathaniel, by the way, yes, just starts playing violin, and, um, like, one girl's sick, another's, like, weaving. Like, they don't give a fuck. These, these people have given up on life. Well, they're the only people left in this, like, uh, no-man's land that's involved in this conflict. Yeah, and they, uh... And then Django and Maria come in to the muddy-ass apocalypse town, is what I called it. That's a pretty good description of what's going on, yeah. Yeah, and Nathaniel comes up and he's like, Oh, oh, hey, uh... Welcome to Long John Silver's. Can I help you? Do you need some money laundered? Yeah. And Django's like, hey, you got a room for the girl? Oh, no, no, she can't stay here. Uh, We don't have any rooms. And so he just turns to this other girl and hands her money, and it's like, can she take your room for the night? She's like, money? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to (laughs) eat. I'm sure she's like, well, no one's coming anyway, so I'll just sleep on the couch (laughs) down here or some shit. Who cares? And um, they think Django is the first. He's like, oh, are you a coffin maker? Because he's dragging this coffin behind him. Muddy, fucking beat the shit coffin. And Nathaniel's like, well, you picked a good town to settle in because this town needs coffins. This is a town of death. Because well, I mean, in theory, they would only need a few more coffins because it's just Nathaniel and some prostitutes left there. Yeah, but Nathaniel tells the story that there's like a fucking war going on that has destroyed this town. Yeah, like I said, they're in a no man's land. They're fighting between the you know the racists, the red shirts, yeah, who are led by Major Jackson, 
and uh, some some Mexican revolutionaries uh, led by a general uh, Rodriguez, Hugo. <laughs> Hugo, yeah. Django's like, so your girls are just pleasuring phantoms? And he's like, oh no, we, we go back and forth. You know, this is neutral territory. Yeah, our girls bang both of them. <laughs> yep. And um, Django's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go kill them all anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, fuck them all. And um, they're like, who are you dragging in the coffin? What's in the coffin? He's like, none of your business. Django is in the coffin, is what he says. <laughs> and that that is sort of part of his story. He's trying to bury his past. Yeah. And then we get one of the, the Red Hoods shows up, a brother Jonathan. Yeah, this fucking tool. Um, and at first he shows up, like, preaching about sin. Yeah. Really, he's just there to collect the protection money from Nathaniel. Yeah, he's like uh, the fucking character from There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Just reminds me of that guy. Paul and, Dano's character. And then um, one of the girls takes Maria back upstairs and is like, Why'd you come back? I got a dress for you. Because you should not wear green. The Major hates green. But you know he's crazy about red. Because that, that's their colors. That's this gang's colors. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's the, the red shirt thing. Yeah, and she's like, you know, play wear a red dress and play up the major and he'll forgive you. Because apparently right. Maria was one of these girls. And then she went off to be a prostitute for the Mexicans, I guess. Well, I guess she was like the star hoe that the major was in love with and she betrayed him to go live with the Mexicans. And the Mexicans hate her because she ran away. So everybody wants to kill Maria. Yeah. And so Django just whips out a deck of cards, plays some solitaire while the, um, the Mexicans show up, and then Major Jackson shows up and kills a bunch of Mexicans. Uh, because I have a note in here that the Mexicans don't zigzag. Yeah. Well, he's got like some, some Mexican. I don't know if they, I don't think they're part of the revolutionary group. They're just like normal Mexican people, and he like sends them out to be shot. Oh, yeah. It's like because we get like Major Jackson's camp. <laughs> yeah, Mexican skeet shooting. Because they have, like, a pin, a pen full of Mexicans. And they're like, send one out! I'm like, serpentine! Serpentine! <laughs> they don't. They just keep running straight, and Major Jackson shoots them. And then he gets his, like, is Ringo his son? I don't know. Maybe? He's like his trainee for command. Yeah. And Ringo's like, oh, yeah, sure, it's my turn. And he just shoots him right in the fucking pen. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. He was like barely, he was like not even fully out. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you in the back of my revolver. Yeah, he doesn't have the same kind of sportsmanship that Major no. Jackson does. Just hate. Hate and violence. Yeah, then we're back to the bar. And we get a fucking random ass split diopter shot. Where the bartender's on the left in focus and the girls in the bar are on the right in focus. And I'm like, wow, this caught catches me off guard. This is way too artistic for a shitty spaghetti western. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it's a split screen, but no, he moves his arm across the frame. And I'm like, damn, it's an actual split diopter shot. And Major Jackson and his men, they arrive at the bar. And while they're eyeing Django, they, they decide they're gonna, you know, rough up Nathaniel for their, their protection money. And they're like, bring all the rest of the money within a week to Fort Chiriba. And they, uh, they're going to commit random acts of violence on Jago. They decide they're going to do that while they're here. Yeah. Um, and also the women. 
because that's what that's what finally gets Django to stand up is when they try to rough up a woman, and Django's like, "Hey, she told you no." And what does Django do? Fucking wrecks them all. Yeah, just like he takes out his gun. He's not even looking, and he kills like three of them behind his behind him, including that Ringo guy who <laughs> yep, just he, gets straight by, just get bodied. <laughs> yep. And then um, Django's like, "How many people does does Major Jackson have?" Well, Jackson's there. He just doesn't kill Jackson. And he, it's like, how many men do you have? What did he say? Like 48 or something like 48. that? 48. He's like, yeah, go bring them all. Bring them all here. I'll wait for you. And then Django tells Nathaniel, he's like, you can clean up this bar, but don't you touch my fucking coffin. <laughs> and then, well, then he needs to Yeah, and then we get the scene with Maria. Maria's like, she's grateful to Django for saving her. And she's like, you made me feel like I was a real woman. Django's like, well, I'm glad that you're a woman. And they fuck. Because why not? Yeah, because why not? And um, we got Nathaniel giving more backstory to, to Django about like, oh, yeah, those those dudes are a cult. They wear their hoods. Uh, but Django's motivation is that he's like, well, they killed my love. And he hates them both equally, the Mexicans and the, the red cult. So I guess his his lover died because of this like ongoing conflict i mean it makes sense maybe they were because he well we'll see in a minute he's friends with with hugo yeah but not really <laughs> i mean they 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 know each other pretty well yeah um, so maybe they got involved in some shit and he blames hugo for yeah. the ultimate demise i don't know we don't really get a whole lot of backstory on that well they get all this at um at a, in the graveyard where Django goes to visit his his lover's grave, and Nathaniel's like, "Hey, yeah, that's great that you're out for revenge, but Jackson and his his army are on their way, and they're gonna murder all of us." And Django's like, "Ah, don't worry, I got this." Um, because he he opens up his coffin, has everybody arrives, and he's got a fucking machine gun in his coffin, this Gatling <laughs> gun. He just brings the fucking DACA. Yeah, and he just kills all of these motherfuckers. Yeah, like, pretty much the only one who survives is, is, is fucking, uh... It's Major Jackson. Jackson, and that's only because he wanted him to live. Yeah, he kills Major Jackson's horse, though. Right, just to send a message. And then Nathaniel comes running out of the bar, and he's like, Bless my soul! And, um, Django's like, There you go, Nathaniel, you don't have to pay for protection anymore. But now I have to wait for the Mexicans. <laughs> that's, yep. You're going to need to build a new cemetery, because I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to be a lone cowboy that can defeat armies and save the night ladies? Now you can with the Django Gatling gun set. Get revenge on those red hooded baddies. Worry your friends as you drag around a whole coffin with you everywhere you go. Wait until you see the look on their eyes as you whip out that Gatling gun and blow away all the Confederate soldiers in your neighborhood. You can clean up the mess now, but don't touch my coffin. It's the Django Gatling gun set. Never run out of ammo as you create many dead bodies for the local barkeep to have to bury himself. Django! Pretend to align yourself with other gang members and pile their dead bodies up around the town as well. Django! 
You don't need allies when you got the Django Gatlin gun set. Tell Jackson, I'll be waiting at the cemetery. Blow up the neighborhood with the Django Gatlin gun set. Get it now where all toys are sold. Coffin and Mexican sold separately. Then Brother Jonathan comes back in. Like, he he wasn't part of the the slaughtered squad. (laughs) No. And he's like, oh, God, they're sin and terrible. Django's like, you're a fucking hypocrite. Um, We get a really interesting mud fight with a bunch of women. Right. Because all the prostitutes start arguing over who's responsible for what. And they roll in the mud, have this whole mud wrestling thing. And I'm like, that's exploitation. (laughs) Yes, I say that because exploitation films. Yeah, and then Nathaniel screams out, the Mexicans are coming! The Mexicans are coming! And the Mexicans come, and they kill the shit out of Brother Jonathan. Yeah, they uh, they force him, they cut off his ear and force him to eat it. Yeah, they make him eat his own fucking ear. And then they shoot him in the back. Yeah. And, and, not, and nothing of value was lost. Django comes out because he kind of knows them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Django, buddy, how you doing? You're, you're going to help us out again? Yeah, apparently Django had saved Hugo's life at some point. Yeah, and so now all the Mexicans are having a blast in town. And um, Maria is like Hugo's girl in the way that it can be in this terrible world. (laughs) Kind of a a pimp and the main bitch sort of relationship, right? Yeah, well, he, he tells Maria, he calls her a little bitch. And he says, you're a half-breed Mexican and Yankee, and you've got the worst blood of both of them in you. And Django kind of turns on Maria, because he's like, hey, Hugo, I brought your woman back. She was lonesome for you. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got a very specific plan in mind. Yeah. And then, so he shows off the machine gun that he used to kill the, the soldiers. And they're like, oh, wow, that's neat. Where can we get one? And he's like... Well, there's nine more waiting to be bought in Pecos. Let's rob Fort Chiriba so we can afford all these machine guns. Yeah, so because they want to over, because Hugo wants to overthrow the Mexican government. Yeah. they're Mexican revolutionaries. And they're like, well, if we get the, the heavy heavy firearms, we'll have a good chance of doing this. But then uh, Hugo's like, how are we going to heist this fort? Django comes up with a plan because Nathaniel takes a cart full of girls out there every week. I mean, it's probably all the girls. Like, there's only, there's only yeah. like four of them there. And he's like, that's our plan. So they, they get the Nathaniel with his, his wagon full of girls, and they, they, they go into the fort, but surprise, it's not full of girls. It's full of a fucking machine gun and a bunch of angry Mexicans, also Django. Yeah, so they kill all the people in the fort, and they fucking rob the place. Which, it's just full of gold nuggets, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you have to do the effort of selling them now? Right. I, I thought when they were talking about gold, like, oh, they're going to have, like, coins and money and shit. No, just, like, actual, like, raw gold. Yeah, it's just a bunch of gold dirt. They ain't even huge nuggets. Yeah, just a pile of gold chunks. Like, man, you guys don't have to sell that. Yeah. I guess if you're buying I guess if you're buying machine guns, they might just take the value in gold. You'll get that little scale out. Like <laughs> yeah. The, the mining days. The assay office. Maybe they just take the gold straight up, but yeah. And so Django wants his share of the gold. Beat Hugo's like, 
no, you don't. You want to stay and hang out with me and take over Mexico. And it's like, nah, I really don't. <laughs> and then they, they get back to the bar, and they start ruffling up Maria again, and Django decides to start throwing hands. Yeah, with Ricardo. He's a fucking... He was a shithead to begin with, but... Uh, well, every character in this movie is a shithead. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And so they, uh, they're like, okay, you win the girl. He's like, nah, I'll take this other girl instead. And my note's like, what the fuck, Django? He just didn't want Ricardo to ha- <laughs> to do anything to her. He's like, yeah. fuck that guy. So he takes his girl upstairs, and he's like, take your clothes off. But stand over there, and just keep taking your clothes off. Don't don't bother looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> because his whole plan is, there's a bunch of people guarding the gold outside. Yeah, there's a single entrance to this gold hut. <laughs> yeah, and so the guards get distracted by the woman undressing. That was his plan. Right. The motherfucker's dragging his fucking coffin (laughs) into the the house through the chimney. Yeah, he he carries his coffin across the roof. That motherfucker's pretty strong. And um, he gets down into the the stables. And the the machine gun and ammo are still in it, I'd like to point out. Yeah. It's not just an empty coffin he's carrying down. I mean, it's a very long scene because he has to move very slowly. Somehow not he's make stealthy. any noise. It's just like nat 20s on stealth checks the whole time. Like, how the fuck do you move a coffin without making noises? Well, he has the undressing woman modifier going on. That's true. He gets a he does get a bonus to his, his role. I guess I guess the uh, the guards get a minus to their perception checks. Yeah. So distracted he, by distracted by a stripping woman. Minus five. And so he finally gets into the place and he loads all the gold up into the coffin. And then he sets up, like, a kind of trap with the machine gun. Yeah, because remember, there's only one entrance to this place. Yeah, there's only one entrance. And, uh, so they all rush the entrance, and the machine gun just keeps taking them out as they run to the door. And these dumbasses keep running to the door. They're like, quickly, pile up enough bodies. We can use the bodies to... Yeah. And so Jago's trying to make his escape, and Maria's like, hey, take me with you. Jango's like, okay... Yeah, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> yep. It's time I go across that bridge now. I've waited long enough. I can finally yep. bury Django. Yeah, because he's, now he's got all this money, so now he can put his pass behind him, which who knows what his... Uh, Hugo describes him as being like a killer. Yeah. And and so uh, maybe he's done some shit, and he's just like, I want to not be me anymore. And so while they're hanging out there next to the the, the bridge and the quicksand, Django's like... With all this gold, I can forget that I was Django. And then the horse gets scared. <laughs> yeah, like the... <laughs> Maria's, like, rifle, like, misfires. Yeah, and the horse is like, oh shit, and kicks the coffin right into the fucking quicksand. Um, Django tries to save it, damn near gets himself killed until Maria saves him, but that gold is gone. All the gold is gone. Like, Django just, just fucked everything. It is now down at the bottom with that, that dude's corpse. Yep, the Mexicans show up. Is it the Mexicans? Yeah, it's the Mexicans. Yes, yeah, the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. They show up and they kill Maria. Well, they don't. They shoot her. Yeah, they shoot her. I mean, she's still. Oh wait, no, she doesn't die yet. I don't think she dies at all. Like, well, maybe she does. I it's think... kind of left vague. We can talk about it when we get there. And then um, they they get Django and they decide that they're just gonna punish him. Yeah, they say they don't kill. They don't kill a thief even when they betray. Her, like, but they we have ways of. Teaching him a lesson. 
Yeah, so they get this guy, Miguel, comes down, and um, he takes his rifle and just smashes the fuck out of Django's hands. Yeah, kind of like, you know, the old days where you, like, you were caught being a thief and cut your hand off. Yeah, but then they up the ante by, they, they get all of their horses to walk all over Django's hands. Yeah, they, they, they wanted to send a message here. Yeah, and so his hands are just gone. It's just a yeah. big fucking bloody ass stubs. Yeah, they're, they're pretty fucked up. And they're like, see ya, Django. And then when they leave, they get ambushed by Major Jackson. Yeah, very anticlimactic. They're just kind of trotting down, and Major Jackson's got the military. Yeah, you know, and just round, rounded up from the from the, the fort, and they just fucking massacre all of them. They kill them all. Then back in uh, Long John Silversville, somehow Django's managed to fucking carry Maria's like half dying body from the quicksand to Mudville. Yeah, and like you know, Nathaniel sent all the girls on their way. He's packing up his shit. And Django's like, wait, wait, hey, I got hang out for a bit. I got stuff to do. I have he's no like, hands, and I've got this dying woman. Help me out. He's like, you know, if you if you can help her, she probably won't die. Yeah. And um, Django's like, you keep an eye on her. I gotta go do my shit. And he leaves. That's when Jackson shows up with his men. Right. And Maria's hiding. Yeah. You know, so all the men come into the bar, and Nathaniel goes... Django's waiting at the cemetery, but you don't have to worry. He His hands are completely broken. And the Major's like, okay, and then just r- murders Nathaniel. And then leaves. And then Leaving leaves. Maria just lying there. We don't know if Nathaniel managed to help her get stable or not. So we don't know if she just bleeds out on the couch in the fucking <laughs> yeah. in the bar or not, because we never see her again. And um, Django is in the cemetery. Trying to figure a way to operate the gun, like, with his teeth? Yeah, he takes the the trigger guard off so he can kind of use it, like, use the 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 tombstone, the, the cross, as, like, a brace that he could use to fire it still. Yeah, and it ain't working. He keeps trying and dropping the gun because, you know, he has no fucking hands. And Major Jackson and his men show up and they're like, Can you hear us, Django? Django just magically goes, can you hear this? And kills them all. <laughs> yeah, he manages, like, they have this conversation where Jackson's telling him to pray. And then Django manages to stabilize the gun somehow, put the trigger onto the cross, and then fan kill, like, all five of them. Yeah, and then it just goes, the end. Django! <laughs> the Django song, uh, the Django song plays, and Django just busted hands there and then just kind of stumbles out of the cemetery. Yeah. That's the end of the fucking movie. This movie's fucked, man. It's a good movie. It actually is a good movie. Yeah, on the coffee scale, I put it like first break at work coffee. Oh, that's good coffee. Yeah, not quite that that first coffee of the morning when you wake up. But then it's like relief coffee. It's like, man, oh, this is nice. Yeah. It's, it's it's your first break of the day coffee. I mean, it's got to be one of the better spaghetti westerns that was not done by, is you know, somebody named Sergio Leone, right? Yeah. Um, it's the best of all the Django movies. <laughs> yeah. Are you counting Unchained in that? I put this parallel. I haven't actually seen Unchained, but I, I think it's pretty decent. I um, had a uh, teacher in, in the university, and I took a course in antebellum literature with a guy. Oh, wow. So, of course, Django Unchained fits into that era. Right. 
and this professor loved it. Said it's like they knew what they were doing. I'm like, they is just Tarantino. Tarantino doesn't work with others. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does, but not not for directing and writing purposes. But I'm like, certainly Tarantino researched his shit because right. Well, he he does know his history. He likes to write alternate reality, alternate histories to things. Which, ironically, for a guy who makes movies as grim as Quentin Tarantino does, tend to be very, like, happy revisionist history. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, hey, we just murdered Hitler in a theater, and, you know, <laughs> rather than having to wait till the, the shit, you know, the war. I think. Or, that, or we're saving uh, Sharon Tate. I think the one thing that pushes the original Django past Unchained, though, is that this Django doesn't make his horse fucking dance. Yeah, that's true. But it is a cynical movie. Well, I mean, we're dealing with, you know, post-Reconstruction, the South. You know, we're dealing with racists. We're dealing with a bunch of... Our, our hero is basically, a, you know, a ex-soldier with PTSD. Yeah, and this isn't like the Metro South that you get in Gone with the Wind. No, this is like the the... The racisty, racisty part of the South. This is the middle of fucking nowhere where there is no actual, like, real authority. No, it's like it's, the West. It but is also the West. The South, but it's the South. <laughs> yeah. That's what you imagine. It's a Western. Actually, the funny thing is, oh, one of our next movie is also kind of the same sort of setting. Yeah, but there's a lot more structure to it. Well, it's true. There is there 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 are there is authority in our bonus picture. I'll say that. Whether that's effective authority or not, it begs the question. But yes, but there is the idea of an authority that can you know enforce their will. Yeah, there's no. It's not even like a sheriff or a deputy in this fucking movie. Like it's just chaotic, all-out war. Yeah, and then Julio comes in and just murders everybody. And then. Gets his hands fucking mashed up. And then murders some more people and leaves. I mean, who survives this film? Like, of all the characters in the movie, I guess the prostitutes got out. Maybe Maria and Django. And everybody else is dead. Yeah, but how's Django gonna make it through the wasteland with no hands? Yeah, who knows? Apparently he does, though, because there is an official sequel to this movie. An official sequel? Yeah. Because there's about a hundred unofficial sequels. So what was it called? It was like 1989? 89, 80-something. Well, it's interesting. In Django Unchained, Franco Nero makes a cameo. It's Django Strikes Again from 1987. Ah, but um, when Franco Nero makes his cameo in Unchained, he has his hands bandaged up. Yeah. Like, they don't ever mention it. He just does. It, it's just a nice nod to to this movie. And uh, yeah, uh, the Django in, in Little Rita also has his hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, yeah, Django strikes again. He's just 20 years after this movie. He is no longer a gunslinger, and he's now Brother Ignatius the Monk. Oh, we need to watch that then. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing his past catches up to him. That's my assumption. But it's a classic movie. Definitely a great yeah. spaghetti western. I mean, it's a, it's very important. It's another one... In that era, that you know, help establish westerns is a little bit more grim, 
right? Because like this one has the spaghetti westerns were always famous for being kind of like violent for their era. Well, yeah, because you had your American westerns, which were all well, they were haze code shit. Yeah, you didn't even get to see like people shot, like the people like the shots were like off screen. Like this one, like you're seeing people get shot, dude's got his ear cut off, but um, Django's got his hands mashed to paste, like. The American Westerns, they, uh, they're always happy in the end. Except for Shane. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, for most most part, there's a happy ending in, in American Westerns. And Whereas it, it's interesting because when Clint Eastwood went to direct his first Western, High Plains Drifter, yeah, which is very spaghetti Western, it is grim and violent. Well, I mean, so it's like Unforgiven and... Yeah, well... Like, he's paved the way for those later, yeah. like, more heavy westerns that went on to become very popular and well-received. Yeah. Clint Eastwood made the American spaghetti western with High Plains Drifter. Which uh, is apropos, given that, you know, that uh, Clint Eastwood was basically... In the spaghetti westerns. I mean, basically, he carried the spaghetti westerns into the mainstream. By the way, speaking of as we've talked before, critics are dumb. They hated Spaghetti Westerns when they first came out. Yeah. But um, what's interesting and, is... Because and now The Good, Bag, and the Ugly is considered one of the greatest films of all time. At the time, it was critically banned for the United States. So Because for a long time, John Wayne was like, I want to do a Western with this Clint Eastwood fellow. I think that would be good. And then Clint Eastwood made Hyde Plains Drifter, and John Wayne was like, Fuck no! <laughs> He did a movie with all this rape and murder. <laughs> That's not my westerns. Well, John Wayne had a specific image he had to take. He he, uh, he loved Blazing Saddles. Uh, in fact, I think he, Mel Brooks wanted him in it. He said, I love your movie, but this is not a movie I can do, but I'll be the first in line to see it. Because he, like, he had an image to uphold. You know, John Wayne was John Wayne, right? Well, John Wayne was gung-ho conservative, too. Yeah. But we'll get to a little bit of that discussion next week, because I came across stuff in research about the uh, the House of Un-American activities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movies we're watching next week aren't even about that, but there's some background. But yeah, anything else on Chango? It's good. I mean, I liked it. Obviously not as much as I like the Clint Eastwood Man With No Name movies, which are, like, actual full-on classic. Yeah. But it's not as good as those, yeah. But it is good. I mean, it's better than a lot of movies. Yeah, we've seen a lot of shitty spaghetti westerns. Joe D'Amato did a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Lee Van there Cleef are... was in a ton of crap. <laughs> but also in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is an excellent movie. Yeah. Look, sometimes you sometimes you make reindeer games. It's all right. But that was our episode on Django. I hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to our usual folks, Martha Page, William Wright, Fluffy Devil, Contributor, for recording their contributions to this in the bonus episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends, help get the word out. Uh, check out more episodes at our website, www.exploititpodcast.com, where I've been getting good with our, our featured episode of the day lately. That's good. Yep. Uh, follow us on Instagram at exploititpodcast or on Twitter. I'm still going to call it Twitter. X going to give it to you. Oh, I hope X going to give it to someone else and we get a new CEO. <laughs> another, another another name. Yeah. Um, Twit-X. Twit 
Yeah, but it's at Podcast Exploit there. And you can also join our Discord, which is just exploit it. There's a link on the, the website. So join us next time when we look at um, our bonus feature is Wild Wild West. Yep, starring, <laughs> starring Will Smith. Yep, with Will Smith and Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. And a giant fucking spider. Thank yep. you, John Peters. And um, next week is Women in Prison. Hooray. Yeah, hooray indeed. We will catch you then. Django! Django, have you all?